0: You don't need fancy hardware to to get into it. Uh, You don't need to be connected to anyone. All you need is drive and the the desire to learn and the intellectual curiosity and and openness to change, to to actually be able to to teach yourself and, and to get past the challenges.
1: Date, July 2015, episode 125. This is part three of my Q and A with Obi Fernandez, developer, author, founder of Hashrocket, and CTO at Andela. This episode is sponsored by the lovely people at Media Temple and Code School. Where do you live, and where do you come from?
0: I currently live in Atlanta. I've, I've been based mostly in, in the southeast since 1998. Uh, I grew up in northern New Jersey, just outside of Manhattan in Bergen County, which is a, a very good place to live, still is, for growing up, uh, you know, in terms of being a, um, a fairly liberal state, a state that invests heavily in, it, in its education. And, you know, I've benefited from that. Uh, right now, I mean, the main reason I live here in the Southeast is inertia. Uh, I have kids and an ex-wife here, so I'm, you know, kind of stuck. But my, ki- my kids are, are older teenagers. Uh, you know, one, one's a senior and one's a sophomore in high school. So I am quickly becoming decoupled from the Southeast and will probably uh, end up spending some time uh, or quite a bit of time in, in New York in the near future and then uh, on to Africa and Asia and beyond.
1: Where do you like to spend your vacations?
0: I like to travel widely, so I, I don't know that I can answer that with um, with a substantial amount of certainty. Like I, I, you know, I'm kind of opportunistic about travel and go where I can go. Last year, I, I was able to squeeze a five week uh, vacation to Europe uh, with my partner, and she and I went to. Uh, like six different countries in five weeks, uh, including spending a week in Ibiza for my birthday in July. So, you know, I think it's the more exotic, the better. Probably my least favorite vacation would be like just going to the beach and, and spending a week on the beach, but that's nice sometimes as well.
1: What are your favorite programming languages and frameworks?
0: Right now, I'm, I'm really enjoying JavaScript. It, it's nice to, to be able to build systems from... Top to bottom with the same programming language as as opposed to JavaScript plus whatever I was using. You have to know I'm, I've been primarily a full stack web developer for almost my entire career. Uh, you know since since the late '90s. So I've been doing some combination of backend plus JavaScript my almost my entire professional career. So last summer um, I took up uh, Node. So it was the first time that I was working with JavaScript on on the backend and the front end, and it was it was a revelation. Let's say. And um, I used CoffeeScript for a while, and I was, you know, hap- It was kind of like the bridge from Ruby, and I was really happy with the syntax sugar and all that stuff. Uh, less happy with the immaturity of of the the tools around it, and then, you know, started once I was into it for a few months, started realizing that there was kind of this. Uh, division in the community about whether CoffeeScript was a good thing or a bad thing, and eventually, um, through the egging on of some of the people I was working with, just dropped CoffeeScript and went for full JavaScript. And at that point, realized that the some of the stuff that I was liking in CoffeeScript was not actually that big of a deal, and that that actually made me question a bunch of things about you know assumptions that I've made over the years about you know like for instance why why. hate Python over some of its syntactic differences and things like that. I'm also loving Firebase. I feel like Firebase and Angular is one of the most productive leaps that I've experienced since transitioning to Rails from Java. Um, And as a result, we're using it on a lot of projects. Uh, In particular, the material design implementation for Angular from Google is fantastic. And it's getting better every day. It's very bleeding edge right now. So you're going to have to keep up with the, you know like a lot of breaking changes and things like that although it's settled down quite a bit but you get a a base set of componentry and and that are well designed that meet the, the material guidelines which themselves are very well designed and in your first stages of using it you know, like all your applications end up kind of looking the same but there is a lot of room for experimentation once you once you nail it and you know get the hang of it then you can really start pushing the boundaries and i I think my team is kind of starting to transition over to that and and we're seeing that you still retain a lot of the productivity benefits so uh it's very it's a great technology like I, i i really can't say enough about it hey between screen listeners this is john friscus from code school here to say hello if you're not familiar with us, CodeSchool is an online learning destination for existing and aspiring developers that teaches us through entertaining content. With experienced instructors and high-quality courses, over a million people have trusted CodeSchool to teach the most popular development languages by turning learning into a game-like experience. So check us out at CodeSchool.com and start
1: learning by doing. For years, MediaTembers Grid Service has been the web hosting choice of more designers, developers and creative professionals than any other platform. A single grid account can host anything from your portfolio site to 100 different client projects. And the grid is ready for anything. Hundreds of servers work together in the cloud to keep your sites online, even if you suddenly hit the front page of Reddit. Also check out their new WordPress hosting product, as well as their launching of Google Apps for Work. Virtual private server solutions are also available with their DV and DV developer hosting plans. You can use the promo code SCREEN25 for 25% off web hosting. Go to mediatemple.net and enter your promo code upon sign up. Thanks for listening. What pisses you off?
0: Angular <laughs> um, 2. Th- there's nothing that really pisses me off that much, like just in general, you know, about life. In general, I try to be laid back and, ju- you know, just kind of roll with things. So that that's kind of a hard question for me to answer. Uh, in in general, it pisses me off, and specifically in software, when, when teams or, or authors of libraries and, and products continue iterating past where there's a good product, and you know you start getting into bloated things or change for the sake of change, or you know think just where you look at something, it doesn't make sense to have such a radical departure. And I I think I got that impression from Angular too. And it was particularly irritating because so much of our training regimen has, so far has been based on, on teaching people Angular and now you know, there's some amount of confusion in the market and it may be impacting its uh, desirability and even the students themselves as they're, as they're getting up to speed on it are going, well, should I be l- learning too instead? And it's like, man, it's, it's almost a completely different product, right? Like they, they maybe should have put a different moniker on it.
1: What do you like about working as a developer?
0: I like that it satisfies the creative urge and in a way that almost nothing else can you know it's it's democratic you know you need you don't need fancy hardware to to get into it uh you don't need to be connected to anyone all you need is drive and the the desire to learn and the intellectual curiosity and and openness to change to to actually be able to to teach yourself and and to get past the challenges you know to to me uh it, it represents one of the the last great areas of the American dream and, and meritocracy—the the way that I was brought up, believing in it—in a, in a way that doesn't really exist in, in other industries. You know that do require um, you know serious formal training, and that may you know that where that formal training may cost a lot of money, you know, to actually acquire.
1: What do you think male coworkers can do or should avoid to make female coworkers more comfortable at work?
0: I mean, to be blunt, there's. It took me a little while at Hashrocket to come around to, to to this line of thinking, but then it became obvious as we as we saw the differences. We made policy changes uh, because we were on the forefront of, of some of this thinking. My Dusty McAdam, who worked at Hashrocket at the time and is the founder of DevChicks, uh, was. One of the, the first um, women to, to be pushing for uh, you know advocacy and equality for women developers. And some of the things that came out of uh, what we studied around making women more comfortable had to do with not creating an adverse work environment. And I didn't particularly understand what an adverse work environment meant. you know like I, I think the type of harassment that I thought it meant before getting educated on the subject, was a lot more crass and severe than what it actually is. It turns out that even that introducing any sort of sexual topics at all at work, uh, whether it's in the, you know, joking around or flirting or, or doing whatever the case, you know, whatever it might be, even if it feels innocuous, puts, you know, creates a context which is uncomfortable for almost all women. And it does so in a way that is not relatable by men because we don't deal with it. So I think the best thing that men can do if they want to help out in that regard is to truly get educated about it instead of just assuming that they know, um, know how to behave.